right. What's going on, Faith Church? Hey, man, welcome, everybody. All over our campus, for those back in Overflow, man, it's great to have you here. Everybody, man, if you could put your hands together and welcome our Lawrenceburg family, man, it's great to have you guys in the house. For all of our guests up there and everybody watching online, welcome, man. We're so glad that you're here as we celebrate the most transforming and defining moment in history, and it is not just the death, but the resurrection of Jesus. Can we make some noise all over this place for what he's done for us? Well, my name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor, and it is our privilege to have you here as we celebrate again that defining moment. Hopefully today, not just for us, but maybe for you personally, you'll walk out with the life change that Jesus came to bring. Let me ask you a question, though, as we jump in. How many people here love some music? Anybody lo- music lovers in the house? Uh, here's the thing is, man, we love music so much as a culture, we want music all the time everywhere we go. We want full access. And uh, technology has made that possible, digital technology. If you happen to be 25 years or younger, that's all probably you know is digital technology. Now you have the privilege through iPods that have been out 20 years to carry hundreds and thousands of songs everywhere you go. But for some of us that got some years on us and don't have as much tread on our wheels, come on, we know it's not always been that way. Come on, some of you go way back to real to real, like three of you. The rest, there's probably 10, but you ain't admitting it. Anybody here remember some eight tracks and some vinyl? Anybody here, this is my favorite. This is really kind of in my wheelhouse. I was the cassette tape generation, baby. In fact, how many of you remember these babies right here? Anybody remember the Sony Walkman? I mean, they had some low-end headphones. Like, this is way before, you know, Dre Beats. This is way before Apple AirPods. But, man, there was nothing like it. I remember the first time I saw a Sony Walkman. My cousin had one, and I'll be honest, even though God said don't covet, I didn't, it didn't matter. I coveted. I wanted it. They had a little more money than we had, so I, I finally got one, but I didn't get like a Sony Walkman. I got like a, a Colby Runman because we couldn't afford the real deal. How many people know what I'm talking about? Anybody here has some knockoffs? But man, there was nothing like it. But here was big, the big difference, and if you were low in like I was low in, you know this. On the good stuff, you had three buttons. You had a play button, a fast forward button, and a rewind button. But come on, on the knockoff versions, all you got was a play button and a fast forward button. So you pop your cassette tape in, right, and you play your song. And some of you are spoiled. You want to hear a song again, it's just one little touch. You want to fast forward a couple songs, it's just a couple touches. Come on, back in the day, if you got some gray, you know what I'm talking about. If you wanted to hear a song and you would play it and you want to hear it again, come on, you'd have to take it out, flip it over, and hit the fast forward button. <laughs> And then you, when you thought you had it right, you'd have to take it out, flip it back over, and you, you had to get good at it, and they had a fine-tuning instrument that would help you get right on the mark. Y'all know what it is. Come on, baby, a number two. <laughs> this wasn't for drawing and writing. This was to help you get to the start of your song. Nothing like a Sony Walkman. But you know, man, I've always loved music my whole life. Loved all kinds of music. I wonder what kind of fans we have in the house. We got any soul fans in the house? Anybody like soul music? Anybody like some heavy metal? Couple, man. Come on, man. Anybody hear hip-hop, R&B, classic rock, jazz, country? Sweet Lord. What did, where did the Jesus send me to? Country music. But, man, we all love music. We all have different genres. 
I remember, again, coming up, my dad is a rich music guy, and so I remember listening to lots of music coming up, but my first music purchase, I'll never forget it, can remember to this day, me going at the age of six years old, they released an album in 1977, myself and my two older brothers, we wandered into the target of the day known as Kmart, oh, come on, baby, ain't nothing like a blue light special, change your life. And we walked in there. We had a little bit of money in our pocket. You remember when you're a kid, it'll burn a hole if it stays there too long. So we went in, and we each got a piece of vinyl. I remember my oldest brother, he got a Steve Miller Band album. Like three of you, like Steve. My other brother, I remember he got the Eagles album. Come on. And I remember, I'll never forget, it's not because I was a music connoisseur at the age of six. I can honestly tell you, I only bought this album, News to the World, by Queen because of what the album cover looked like. (laughs) But here's what's crazy about that album that is now over 40 years old is that album has songs on it that are still sung today all over the world. Two first songs on side A. The first one is, we will, we will. Come on, somebody. (laughs) People be like, we sang the old rugged cross. We said, we will rock you. The other great song that's even more popular than the first, song number two, Side A of Queen. We are the champions. Just for the next few minutes, I just want to ask this question. I want us to kind of roll through this. Who is we? This song that's been sung all over the world, been connected with sports for the last four decades. In fact, when you just search history a little bit, you'll find out that the first time this song by Queen, We Are the Champions, appeared on any kind of sports scene was less than one year after it came out, way back in 1978. Kentucky beat Duke for the NCAA championship. And some college student in his dorm room grabbed his speakers like some of us used to do. You don't turn the speakers inward. You set them in your windowsill so everybody gets to celebrate. Cranked it up to number 11 and played all over the campus. We are the champions. There were five players on the floor, or 12 on the roster, but the entire campus celebrated the victory. We are the champions. In about a year after that, for the first time, this song showed up in professional sports. The Islanders beat the Flyers to win the first Stanley Cup, and they celebrated as 14,000 people in the arena of ice sang the song, We are the champions. Less than one month later, it played for the first time. In the NBA, Jabbar held the O'Brien Trophy for the Lakers as they beat the 76ers, and everybody in the house sang, come on, say it, we are the champions. And now this song that we've sung today and everybody's familiar with, it has become the anthem, one of the number one anthems of sport franchises all over the world, everywhere from junior league soccer to, to high school baseball to collegiate basketball to NFL professional sports, all across people sing this song. But here's the question. Who's we? There's actually some debate. I know it's not made it here to Alabama. There's some debate. Can you say we when you weren't on the field? Okay, I know. I, believe me, I already answered the question. But there's some debate. I mean, if we didn't play, is, can we say we won? Now, I'm just going to tell you, some people say no. I, I would lean toward yes, especially if it's your kid. If you've got kids in sports and you're traveling all over the state, state, especially travel ball, and you're spending all kind of crazy money in hotels, and you're fast, your food is fast food, come on, and they get a win, yeah, baby, we are the champions. All the parents know what I'm talking about. If maybe it's the Stanley Cup and the U.S. would win it, man, as a nation, I, man, I think we could, sit, we could say we 
are the champions. If it's your alma mater and they win, you say, we are the champions. But here's the thing, man. I just want to talk about this idea, we are the champions. Because I want us just to think for a second. Come on, Lawrenceburg, I want you to hear this. The idea where we get connected and attached with team identity and we get to celebrate with them. It's this idea called a vicarious victory. Everybody say that, a vicarious victory. Here's what vicarious means in the context when we sing the song when our team wins. Basically, it means this, that they play the game, but we get to emotionally connect with them. We get to experience the same pride and the same passion as if we were on the court, the floor, whatever. We get the same experience based on what someone else did. We get feelings based on someone else's actions. Come on. Roll Tide, War Eagle, Go Vols. I'll give everybody some love in the house. Come on. There's something about it, man. We lose our mind when our team wins, but it's just an emotional connection. But here's the thing I want you to just wrap your mind around for a minute when we say we are the champions. I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating with our team, but can I just tell you something? You might get to celebrate in the passion and the pride, but you don't get any of the benefits. Oh, come on. Nobody, did you get a trophy? Do you have a banner hanging from your room? No, man. It's, see, we don't get the benefits. In fact, most of you who know me here, you know I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Came up in the same city. I watched him play before he was King James. I watched him play as a kid in high school. Been following him his entire career. Obviously, being from Northeast Ohio, I'm a huge Cleveland fan. Celebrated when he was there the first time. Lost my mind when he came back the second time and finally brought a championship to the city of Cleveland and the state of Ohio. But I want you to know something. I love LeBron James. Celebrate LeBron James. But when he finally won it all, he didn't send me a ring. So I went to eBay, baby. Come on, right here. <laughs> Don't play. Y'all think I bought it? This has been sitting in my office for two years right next to a LeBron James autographed basketball. This is my jewelry, baby. $39.95. <laughs> but see, here's what you need to know is that I got the emotional attachment. I got the pride and the passion, but I didn't get any of the benefits. When it comes to Jesus, it is a true vicarious victory. What I mean by that is is what, what we get to experience through Jesus that we celebrate today is far more than pride and passion. We get the perks that come with what Jesus did, not just for him, but for every one of us in this room, everyone in Lawrenceburg, everybody watching online. Easter celebrates a victory that was fought for you and won for you that we could say 2,000 years later, come on, we are the champions. That this song all of a sudden has grit and teeth and meaning. It's more than us identifying with a team that we didn't play on the field. It's that Jesus went. One of, the, one of the stories that we find in the Bibles in the Old Testament, this story of David and Goliath. Even though it looked like it was nation against nation, really at the end of the day, each nation would send out their champion to fight for their nation. The Philistines sent out Goliath and Ultimately, nobody would go for the nation of Israel. Finally, a young 14-year-old boy by the name of David walked on the battlefield. And when he won the victory, he won the freedom for the entire nation. Jesus is the David that walked on the field and defeated our giant to win a victory for all of us, even though he's the only one who fought. Come on, say it. We are the champions. So these benefits, right? Again, it's more than passion, more than pride, more than praise. 
As we sing today, this thing we get to experience is greater than hair standing on the back of your head or songs that you love to sing. What Jesus did for every person on this people planet is transformed us and gave us the opportunity to forgiveness and life and joy and purpose and meaning. And he did it for you. And he did it for me. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest influences as the New Testament church was established 2,000 years ago, wrote to a church found in a city called Corinth. And here's what he said. He said, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die. That's coming. He said, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. Every voice here in Lawrenceburg, in Florence, read this with me. But thank God he gives us the victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bring the V. Jesus came to win the fight. Jesus came to give us the benefits and the perks. He fought the fight, and we're the beneficiaries. He gave us victory over sin and death. I'm just going to tell you something like, let's just talk brass tacks. You may not recognize it. You may put your finger to your neck and feel a pulse, but I want you to know something. Without Jesus, you're dead. See, because the Bible makes it clear that he says it this way, that sin entered the world through one man, and death followed sin. And all died because everybody sinned. Every one of you in this room, no matter if you were raised in Church of Christ, Baptist, you were raised atheist, agnostic, we've all messed up, we've all fallen short, we've all missed the mark. We've all said things, done things, thought things that we shouldn't have done, that were against God, against his law. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. And you know what sin does? Sin kills us. It separates us. Not maybe here, like one day we'll die, but it kills the essence of who we are. It kills our spirit so we can't connect with our creator. That's what sin does. And it doesn't just kill us in the moment. It kills us for eternity. That's what really eternal separation is. But Jesus came to give us the victory. We couldn't get it on our own. We couldn't even fight the battle on our own, but Jesus showed up. He fought the fight and won the war to give us victory over sin and death. Jesus freed us from the power of sin that kills us and the penalty of sin that separates us. Because of Jesus, we have forgiveness and we have eternal life and we have a connection with our creator forever and ever. And we didn't earn it. It was a gift that he fought for and won for for every one of us in this room. Come on, say it one more time. We are the champions. I want to get this song so deep in you. Next time it plays at a sports arena, you're going to start crying thinking about Jesus. (laughs) We are the champions. We are the champions, the greatest vicarious victory. And so I want you to know, man, Jesus secured our victory by his defeat. Like it cost him something. The fight that he fought wasn't sweat on the gridiron. It wasn't just a little bit of hard work. He laid down his life to get us this victory. And he didn't just go through one of the most painful beatings where his back was opened up and shredded and beat and mocked and spat upon and not only hung on the cross, which archaeologists tell us that being crucified is one of the most painful ways ever in the history of the mental mind to ever consider how to torture another human being. It was one of the most torturous deaths to ever experience. Jesus didn't just do it. He did it willingly. He chose it for you and I. Now, here's why that's crazy, because it's one thing for him to do it. It's another thing for him to volunteer. Again, Jesus, 
He fought the fight for us and took the fall for us. I remember when I was a kid, I was coming home from school one day, and uh, someone had started a fight with me, and so I did like Dad said. I ain't started, but come on, baby, I finished it. I beat the brakes off of that kid, and I was glad. Don't write me letters. And so uh, this kid wasn't happy with the outcome, and so uh, the next day he went to the principal. Come on, I'm old school generation. Like, when you got in trouble at school, when I went to school, like, you didn't get, a, you didn't get a, a Saturday detention. You got beat by the principal. Oh, come on. I like the good old days. And so this kid went to tell the principal about what had happened the day before on the way home from school. And if you don't know us, my, my middle brother and myself, we look a lot alike. If you don't know us, you might think I'm him and you might think he's me. And so the perfect timing from the Lord above. My brother just had me walking down. The kid's like, that's him. And he got beat. And then when he got home, he got beat, and I didn't say a word. <laughs> Come on, I did the action. He took the fall. That's what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. We did the deed. Jesus took the fall. He paid the price so we could have the victory, that we could stand here and declare with confidence that we are the champions. <laughs> and he said it in these explicit lyrics, hanging on that cross, Blood dripping down his face, pain and agony that I would dare say none of us in this room can even begin to fathom. He whispered these three words before he breathed his last. It is finished. I love it because he didn't say, I'm finished. No, 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 no. He wasn't finished. What he said was, it is finished. What's the it? Because the it contains the benefits. The it contains Again, beyond the passion and the praise, it talks about the perks. It is finished. Here's what Jesus was saying about you and I when he said those words 2,000 years ago on the cross. It is finished. He was saying to the Father, the plan. Jesus finished the plan of the Father. I want you to know something today. Do you know God always had a plan to rescue you? He wasn't waiting for you to get good enough. He wasn't up in heaven deciding, like, should I take him and not her? Should I take her and not him? I want you to know all across this room, it doesn't matter how you were raised, what your thought process has been, the challenges in your life, the habits in your life, the things you've done right or wrong. I want you to know God came to rescue you in spite of you before you were ever born, before your first mistake or your last mistake. He always had a plan to love you and rescue you and be connected with you forever. And when Jesus came and died on the cross, what he said was, Dad, I fulfilled the plan to rescue all humanity so they can be the champions. Think about everything Jesus did. Jesus, he was a phenomenal teacher. People would hear Jesus teach. And people said things like this. I've never heard anybody teach with such authority. While he was a phenomenal teacher, he didn't come to be a teacher. And he said things that were just prophetic in nature, prophecy, but he didn't come to be a prophet. Miracles that would blow your mind. But he didn't come to be a miracle worker. Jesus came to be the sacrifice for our sin, to take our fall so we could have his victory. And on the cross, when he said it's finished, what he was saying was, Dad, I finished the plan you sent me to fulfill for every person in this place. When he said it's finished, it wasn't just talking to the Father. Listen, this is so powerful. He was really talking to an enemy that we all have, whether you know you have it or not. Jesus finished the power of the enemy. The way Hebrew says it is this way, because God's children are human beings. 
made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Here's what I want to tell you. Like the benefits we're talking about, they're not just in eternity. They're not up in heaven one day. What Jesus came, the victory he came to secure can start in your life right here today. In fact, the chance of you sitting next to somebody that has an incredible testimony that's currently experiencing the victory that Jesus purchased is real. There's some of us in this room, I wish you would help me. Some of us in this room, man, we've experienced breakthrough. We've seen God show up in our marriages, in our lives. We've seen God free us from addictions and habits and strongholds. We've seen God bring us joy where there was, where there was oppression. We've seen God bring us peace where there was confusion. Come on, anybody in this room, have you experienced the victory of Jesus? So maybe you just wandered in here because somebody invited you to Easter and promised you some deviled eggs after. But I want you to know that what we're talking about today, the victory that Jesus came to bring, the song he wants you to sing, is for you, and it's real, and it's not one day, it's today, that you might be struggling with something and nobody knows about. Maybe you're wrestling with thoughts that you've not told anybody. Maybe there's a battle in your home under your roof that nobody around you knows about. What Jesus came to offer you is a peace and a freedom and a joy and a purpose in life that nobody or nothing else can ever deliver. Jesus fought for it and won for it for you that you could experience it today. He wants you to have a breakthrough in your life that you could never get on your own, that you can be a champion. And the last thing when Jesus said the words, when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant this, Jesus finished paying for the sin of all mankind. This is, this is so good. You know, what Jesus, when Jesus said it's finished, he said it's paid in full. I, have the, I have, do have the privilege every now and then. This doesn't happen as much maybe as you would think, but every now and then people will see me in the community and recognize me. And last week, I, uh, or a couple weeks ago, in fact, if this was you and I didn't acknowledge you, it's because I didn't know it was you, but I was going through a drive through to grab some lunch, and I recognized the FC decal medallion on the back of this car, and I seen somebody peek through the side view mirror, and they waved at me, and I waved at them, and they ordered their food, and I ordered mine, and when I pulled up, even though I got the food, I didn't pay for the food because the person said, hey, the car in front of you bought your food. I ate it, but I didn't pay for it. I experienced it, but I didn't buy it. This is what Jesus did on the cross, is he paid completely, once and for all, all of your sin. Now, listen, if, you, if you've never messed up, this isn't good news. So I, can I talk to some people today? If you've ever made a mistake, this is good news. If you've ever fallen short, this is good news. If you've ever hated your brother, this is good news. If you've ever lusted after somebody, this is good news. If you've ever struggled with a porn addiction, this is good news. If you've ever battled with drugs, this is good news. If you've ever had strongholds in your life, this is good news. If you continue to mess up and say, God, I'll never mess up again, and you mess up again, this is good news. Jesus came, and he paid the price of all of our sin, not yesterday and not just today, but forever. It is paid in full. Somebody made a LeBron James joke after the end of first service. I wanted to punch him in the throat, but you know what? That's sin. Paid in full, baby. <laughs> Paid in full. So I want you to know why you're here today. I know some of you wandered here because it's Easter, but I want you to know the meaning of it. I want you to walk out of this place like singing this song and making it your victory. Man, he paid a price too big not for you to make it yours. The plan of the Father was for him to always come. The defeat of the enemy was always the plan. To pay for our sin was always the plan. 
so we could have victory. Jesus said it this way in Mark 10, 45. He said, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus said, man, I, I came to serve and to lay down my life. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I know some, anybody here know some big talkers? Come on, people that talk a big game, but don't back it up. Anybody know somebody like that? If you're sitting next to them, don't raise your hand. I know some big talkers. I know some people that talk a big game and don't come through. They talk a game. They put up, but they, 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 they never stop, man. Just go on and on. But I want you to know something. Jesus, he made all of these promises his entire life for three and a half years of ministry. He made incredible promises about purpose and life and joy and meaning. And they're all promises, really. But how do we know they're true? Do you know how we know? Because really what we came to celebrate today is not just the price he paid on Friday, but the statement he made on Sunday. His death was the promise. His resurrection was the proof. When he walked up out of that grave 2,000 years ago, he was saying, you can bet your paycheck on it. Everything I said is true. I am who I said I am. I've done what I said I would do, and I did it for you. It is true because the tomb is empty. Come on. Every other world religion, every other world religion will tell you that you're not good enough. And you got to wrap yourself in a present and you got to face a certain way and fast enough times and pray a certain amount of times and read enough scripture and do enough good deeds in order to get to the heaven that they promised. Jesus said you can never get there on your own. You will never build a bridge long enough. You can't reach it on your own. So when you couldn't reach God, God came and reached us through his son Jesus. He died a death to secure us a victory, not for us to have a feel good, but for us to have a life change. It's more than passion, more than pride, more than praise. It's perks, it's benefits that changes us from the inside out, from the forgiveness of our sin to life and purpose and meaning that only Jesus can deliver. But here's what you need to know. This is the greatest vicarious victory in history. You know why? I love it, and I know they're well-meaning, but we've all seen the big sports figures, right? The championship's over, they're... Some, some person's interviewing them, and they'll say, they'll say things like this. It's all for the fans. It's all for my fans. You don't believe that, do you? Tell me you're not that naive. They don't know who you are. I'm not saying they don't appreciate the applause, but I promise you they didn't play for you. They played for the paycheck. They played for the glory. They played because they have the talent. They didn't play for you. And while they played, we do get to experience it. We get to celebrate with them. We get to wear the shirts, and we get to celebrate at the games. So while they play for them, we get to kind of take a back seat and participate through our applause. But Jesus, the one true vicarious victory in history, think about it. He came to make a way for us to have victory over sin and death. Why it's the most profound vicarious victory in history is because he did it totally for you. He didn't come for him. He didn't have any sin. It's not like he died for our sin and said, by the way, I can give you some forgiveness too. He didn't come to get eternal life because he needed it and said, by the way, I got some for you too. He already had it. He was perfect. He already had a relationship with the Father. Why he came was to get it just for us. He just came for you to get you what you could never get on your own. So we could stand here today in Lawrenceburg, in 
Florence and all over the world that we can make a declaration and know it's true that we are the champions because of Jesus. Come on. So some of you, man, all across this room and all across our campuses, you already know this is true. Is anybody here, man, you're thankful because of what Jesus has done and you're here to celebrate the good news of Jesus? Come on, if that's you, come on, just for a minute, can we make some noise? Can we honor the one who paid such a price to get us the perks? But some of us in this room, man, and I'm not looking to separate, man, we're all in the same ship together. We all need Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed in Lawrenceburg and here in Florence, I want to give some of you the opportunity to make, that you can sing the song, We're the Champions, and really say we. Who are the we? It's you. And it's me. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you want to say yes to the grace that Jesus came to make available, if you want to say yes to your sins being forgiven, we all need it because we've all messed up and we can't save ourselves. You can whisper your own prayer. Here's what I want you to know about prayer. Prayer is not about how eloquent you sound. It's about how sincere you are. And so you can whisper your own words. You can follow my prayer. But all across this room, all across Lawrenceburg, if you want to say, Jesus, save me, forgive me, I want the victory in my life. Then on the count of three, if that's you, I want you just to, every head bowed, every eye closed, but just the way of saying, God, that's me. I just want to see you because I want to pray with you. On the count of three, I want you to lift a hand. One, come on, no shame in your game. Don't miss an opportunity to leave this place changed. Two, in the back in Lawrenceburg and Florence, if that's you, say, man, I want what Jesus won for me on the cross. Three, come on, lift a hand all over this room. Come on. If you showed up, you don't have to leave the same. Come on, lift a hand real high so I can see it. Come on, all across this room. Thank you, 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 thank you in the back, thank you. Man, hands everywhere. I'm just gonna pray this simple prayer, man. It's just faith. It's just saying, God, I believe it. And I need it. So I'm gonna lead in a prayer, and you can just pray after me, or you can use your own words. Jesus. I believe that you came, sent by the Father, to fight my fight and to win my victory. I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive me. I put all of my trust and all of my hope in you and what you've done for me. And I pray that, God, I would walk out every day of my life knowing, not because of anything I've done, but because of what you've done. Together, we are the champions. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees, said amen.